0: This morning we continue in our Overflow Sermon series, uh, learning about how when God's love and grace uh, pours into our hearts and lives, we can't help but overflow with our own thanksgiving and generosity and grace. So this morning we turn to uh, another passage from the Gospel of Luke. Actually, it's interesting. I was looking at all of them are from the Gospel of of Luke for this series, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, But we're in Luke chapter 19. Verses 1 through 10. I invite you to listen for God's word. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, look. Lord, I'll give half my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there. Grow us, transform us so that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in my children's Bible, this story is called The Man Who Didn't Have Any Friends. And it begins like this. There once was a man who didn't have any friends. None. Do you have friends? Well, of course you do, but not Zacchaeus. Poor Zacchaeus didn't have any And so it was with this vertically challenged man. He was short in stature, short on friends, but a giant in wealth. Luke tells us that not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he was a ruler among tax collectors and was rich. Now in those days, Rome would contract out tax collecting to wealthy locals who would then in turn hire men to work under them to help collect the taxes. This must have been Zacchaeus. So not only had Zacchaeus traded kinship with his people for the security of Rome and the luxurious lifestyle, he also made sure, you know, he took a little bit extra to pad his own wallet. Plus, as a ruler among tax collectors, he probably made a decent amount of money from the collectors working underneath him. So, Zacchaeus wasn't like a short IRS man. Zacchaeus was more like a mob boss of Jericho with his crooked minions working for him, bringing in the dough. So, you can imagine the reaction of neighbors and townspeople as they saw his house become more lavishly decorated, his clothes finer. Perhaps he drove the Mercedes of camels or maybe he had one of his men drive it for him. Everyone knew it was their money and they couldn't do anything about it. Zacchaeus was the kind of person that everyone despised, the man with no friends. You can see how a kind of cycle would emerge, right? A cycle of increased wealth and increased isolation. You can see how how deep down this was a heart problem for Zacchaeus. In his mind, Zacchaeus probably told himself, you know, without my my money, without my treasures, without my stuff, I, I can never be happy, I can never be secure. For Zacchaeus to be the chief tax collector, taking money from his own people to give to the occupying nation, selfishness and stinginess must have had an unrelenting grip on his heart. He was possessed by his possessions. And this led him to living an increasingly isolated existence. So, of course, the more isolated he became, the more dependent he became on money and things to fill the voids and so on. The people of Jericho may have seen evidence of the wealth and the power and the position in his life. They didn't see the lonely nights, The Scrooge-like existence, all the question marks, all the empty spaces in his heart, in his home. But despite all the wealth and all the stuff, Zacchaeus felt it all too much. He knew it all too well. He also must have heard of Jesus before, like the woman in last week's story, known as the sinner in town, who heard about Jesus. Maybe Zacchaeus had heard rumors about Jesus. You know, maybe uh, rumors circulated through the tax collectors' guild that this man from Nazareth actually welcomed tax collectors and ate meals with them. Maybe Zacchaeus had even heard that that old tax collector Matthew had become a Jesus follower. Maybe he heard about Jesus filling up the empty spaces in people's hearts and lives with healing and grace and love and peace and and wholeness. Maybe he held out some some ounce of hope that there was a place in Jesus' generous welcome for him. The man with no friends. All of this was apparently enough to, to send him scrambling up a tree to try and see Jesus as Jesus passed through Jericho one day. All of a sudden Jesus was at the tree. Jesus looked at Zacchaeus. How do you imagine Jesus looking at Zacchaeus? After all, this wasn't the first tax collector Jesus had welcomed. It wasn't the first one he had eaten with. When I was growing up, we sang a song about Zacchaeus. I'm sure many of you remember it too. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. And when we got to that part, like I always remember myself for some reason doing that motion. This motion right here. Like, scolding Zacchaeus, like, Zacchaeus, you come down out of that tree. I'm going to your house today. But you know, I think I was way off. Because that wouldn't be transforming, heart-changing good news from a generous God. Now, it must have been more like this. Zacchaeus, come down at once. I'm going to, to eat with you today. That's why Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree at once. Not because because Jesus scolded him, but because Jesus extended him a gracious, generous welcome. This doesn't change anyone's heart and life. This, on the other hand, does. Especially when it comes to Jesus. By the way, quick aside, there are people scrambling to see Jesus right now to catch a glimpse of him. Curious. Curious. What will they see in us, this or this? Because one is way more transforming than the other. But that's a sermon for another day. When, Z, when Jesus sees Zacchaeus in the tree, he, he invites him to come down and tells him that he must stay in his house. In other words, Jesus invites himself into the center of Zacchaeus's life to give to the man who has taken from so many, to welcome the man the town cold-shouldered. In a scandalous offer of generosity, Jesus extends his grace to the man known in that town as a a scoundrel. Jesus becomes friends with the man who had no friends. It's an invitation to a generous grace, not a demand with with finger pointing. For for Jesus to be generous is to give freely and abundantly. There is no begrudging reluctance, no calculation to bless. Jesus Uh, Zacchaeus, rather, did not have to ask for forgiveness or mercy or love from Jesus. No, when Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name, it is to graciously and generously welcome him into God's family. And so he blessed him. He, He enters into his heart, his life, and something happens. One of my preaching professors at Duke Divinity School said this about the Zacchaeus story, and I always remember it. When Jesus walks into the front door of your heart, selfishness and stinginess scramble out the back. When Jesus walks into the front door of your heart, selfishness and stinginess scramble out the back. That's what happens with Zacchaeus, right? What a transformation. Jesus comes into his life, his heart, the place where his treasure had become an idol and rearranges everything. He remodels Zacchaeus' heart from one of selfishness to one of generosity. Friends, know this. Jesus is doing the same thing with us. Jesus seeks out and offers that same generous welcome to us when he calls our name and says with arms like this, I'm coming into your heart and into your life. And when he does, something happens in our hearts and in our lives, and we overflow. We overflow. Because when Jesus does this with us, we overflow with this in response. Salvation comes to Zacchaeus's house, almost quite literally. He's forever changed by this peculiar, this invasive, this generous love. The man who had made his living, taking from others, and suddenly after a look, after a word, after a gesture, a welcome from Jesus, he's giving money away. No one told him what to do. No one required him to take these actions. Jesus certainly didn't command him. No, he had been transformed by the love and the grace of Jesus, and it overflows At this point in the story, I always picture in my mind that scene from How the Grinch Stole Christmas when the narrator says that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day, and you see that Grinch's cartoon heart growing and growing and bursting that that frame that was around it. Zacchaeus' response is an overflow of the generous welcome he received by Jesus Christ. So he begins to overflow with generosity by giving up the thing that had meant the most to him all of those years tells Jesus he'll give 50% to the poor, far more than required by law. Furthermore, he tells Jesus he'll repay up to four times those that he has wronged. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus' life looks like Paul's statement when Paul says, I consider everything as loss in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus' life looks like, uh, all of a sudden, Jesus becomes for Zacchaeus... The pearl of great price that the merchant finds and sells everything he has in order to obtain. See, when Jesus becomes your treasure because of how much he treasures you, your treasure becomes... When Jesus becomes your treasure because of how much he treasures you, you care less about your treasure and become more generous. When Jesus becomes your treasure because of how much he treasures you, You care less about your treasure and become more generous. Jesus treasures us. Jesus treasures Zacchaeus. And friendship with Jesus is literally everything. Everything. Our generosity must be, must be, nothing less than an overflow of Christ's generous, divine welcome. Then look what Jesus says. This is crucial. Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. In other words, the evidence of Zacchaeus's changed heart, the proof of Jesus' saving love and grace taking effect is the overflow of Zacchaeus's generosity. His willingness to relinquish his money to the lordship of Jesus and to hold it with loose hands instead of shoving it further down into his deep pocket. The hands that that he once used to take money are now being used to generously give money. Friends, part of the proof that salvation, that God's divine welcome has taken us in, is our generosity. Because when Jesus does this, we overflow with this. Millard Fuller was a self-made millionaire in the 1960s, a successful lawyer and businessman who loved wealth and treasure so much to the point that it began to to erode his soul. In 1968, however, he and his wife rededicated their lives to Jesus Christ, and change happened. They they gave up their wealth to focus on serving Jesus. And after spending some time on a, a communal farm in Georgia, Fuller began a Christian ministry of building simple houses for low-income families in their community using volunteer labor and donations and requiring payment only for the cost of the building materials themselves that were used. No interest was charged, no profit was made. These same overflowing principles of generosity guided the Fullers in expanding this ministry called partnership housing into the larger scale ministry we now know as Habitat for Humanity. Overflow. As with Zacchaeus, as with Millard Fuller, as with us, generosity is the overflow of God's generous welcome in our lives. Generosity with treasure is proof that Jesus is our treasure and lives in our hearts. And so that's why it's not about groaning or or figuring out. It's not about groaning over figuring out how much I should give. Someone can tithe and still be stingy. God would much rather celebrate with a Zacchaeus who decides in joyful generosity to give for the very first time than to hear the begrudging tither who says, I guess I'm supposed to give 10% again. It's not about getting God or the church off our backs. It's about showing that Jesus lives in our hearts. When we're generous with our treasure, but also our time, our talents, and yes, our welcome, it shows that salvation has come to us. Friends, Jesus' generous divine welcome of Zacchaeus happened as Zacchaeus came down from a tree. Jesus' divine welcome of us happened as Jesus was nailed to a tree. But the posture and the message is the same. Come to me because I'm coming into your life with my love. May we respond like the man who had no friends until he had the Savior. May we overflow with generosity so that it is clear that salvation has come to our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.